Heyo, and welcome to Dune Reads Goosebumps. I am Dune, and this is a pre-intro intro. So where have I been the last few months? Essentially, my job currently is to produce YouTube videos. But that job will end in two months if there's not enough subscribers and whatnot, because it needs to eventually become viable. So it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to it at youtube.com slash how's that thing. That's all. YouTube.com slash how's that thing. I'll try to finish up Goosebumps more so, but I have been overwhelmed creating tons of content of me reviewing tons of stuff. Hey, you can look at me this time. That might be enjoyable. Either way, here's Werewolf Skin recorded months ago. Also, the second half of this might have been the most intoxicated I've ever been while recording, so just look out for that. So anyway, here it goes, and I will try to make it so there's never this much of a break again. Heyo, and welcome to Dune Reads Goosebumps. I am Dune, and this is part one of Werewolf Skin by R.L. Stein on Dune Reads Goosebumps. Uh, the cover of the book has a kid's room with a box on the bed, and the box says Werewolf. You know, we assume it says Werewolf Skin, and it looks like some sort of costume, maybe a furry costume, but with an evil wolf head. And there's a pennant in the background that says wolves. I started recording an intro and got like 40 seconds into it and was like, I need another shot of tequila. I haven't done this in a while, and it's uh, difficult to get the mind flowing properly without it. Um, What has been going on? This is a long break. Um... I had a bunch of shit going on in my personal life that I don't want to get into. I started a new job where I'm working from home, and I, I don't know how that's going either. I've never been so stressed out. I really haven't, but I'm 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 good. Oh, oh, I will survive. I I, I don't know. Um, uh, Donald Trump's our president-elect. I don't have many feelings about that. You know, <laughs> I did vote, but. I, I always vote third party when I do, so it doesn't matter anyway. You know, I vote absentee, where it's just like a ballot. Um, fuck, I feel like there's a million things to talk about. Maybe I'll just get into them throughout the chapters and whatnot, right? I'm recording this in a way better recording setup, so that's good. I'm drinking a Budweiser tall can in, in the midst of a couple shots of Hornitos. And uh, I'm Dune. You can find me uh, the places I've referenced in previous episodes. Chapter, gotta double check if it's recording, chapter number one. I stepped down from the bus and squinted into the sunlight. Shielding my eyes like Cyclops with one hand, I searched the small parking lot for Uncle Colin and Aunt Marta. I didn't remember what they looked like. I hadn't seen them since I was four. Eight years ago. Let me do some math. Oh, what is this? Oh, oh, yep. They're 19 years old. But the Wolf Creek bus station was so tiny. Just a little wooden shack in the middle of a big parking lot. I knew I couldn't miss them. How many suitcases? The bus driver growled out the side of his mouth as if he had a stroke. Despite the cold October air, he had a damp sweat stain on the back of his gray uniform. Uh, maybe it's because it's still hot as fuck. It was like 95 degrees and it's, uh, what, November right now? November 16th today? It was 15th yesterday? It's fucking hot in San Diego. Just one, I said. I was the only passenger to get off at Wolf Creek. Ha-woo! 
Ooh, across from the bus station, I saw a gas station and a, a one-block stretch of small stores. Beyond that, I could see the woods. The trees shimmered yellow and brown, the autumn leaves still clinging to their branches. Dry, brown leaves fluttered across the parking lot. The driver grunted as he hoisted up the sliding door to the baggage compartment. He pulled out a black bag. This is yours, kid. I nodded. Yeah, thanks. I shivered from a gust of cold wind. I wondered if mom and dad had packed enough warm clothes for me because I'm incompetent and can't pack for myself. They'd had to pick me up in such a hurry. They weren't expecting to be called out of the country on business just before Halloween. They'd had to fly to France. They'd had to find a replacement for me to stay with for two weeks. A replacement? A place for me to stay for two weeks. Maybe longer. My aunt and uncle were the lucky winners. Speaking of lucky winners, even though I'm like broke, I was like, yo, I'm going to get some scratchers. Like two days ago, and I bought $20 worth of scratchers and got 85 bucks cash money, baby. Speaking of yelling, baby, I saw video game donkey of all people at Disneyland and grabbed a picture with him. That's all. It was very surprising seeing that boy there. I adjusted the camera bag on my shoulder. I kept my camera on my lap the entire bus ride, possibly to, to, to make it so no one could see the erection. Because, you know, like the bus, it, it vibrates up and down and you're sleeping, your mind waters, wanders, and you got, you got a bus boner. It happens. I didn't want it bouncing around in the baggage compartment. Yeah, he's looking to stick it some ladies' baggage. Oh, whatever. My camera is the most valuable thing I own. I don't go anywhere without it, and I seldom let it out of my sight. The driver slid my suitcase over the pavement to me. He slammed shut the baggage compartment. Then he started back onto the bus. Someone picking you up? Yes, I replied, searching for Uncle Colin and Aunt Marta again. A mud-splattered blue van squealed into the parking lot. The horn honked. I saw a hand waving to me from the passenger window. There they are, I told the bus driver, but he had already climbed back inside and shut the door. The bus hissed and groaned and pulled away. Maybe it was Cat Bus from, like, Totoro. God damn it, Yoda, what did you knock over? We'll deal with that at the end of chapter one. The mystery of what the cat knocked over that thudded in the living room. Alex, hi, Aunt Marta called from the van. I picked up my suitcase and trotted over to them. The van screeched to a stop. Uncle Colin climbed out from behind the wheel. Aunt Marta came running up the other side. I didn't remember them at all. I pictured them as young and dark-haired. But they were both pretty old-looking, like Dune. They were both very tall and lean. I guess I'm tall, but I'm not lean. They don't look like me at all, as they hurried across the lot to me. Yeah, plus I have dark hair. I got a little gray on the, the temples nowadays. Just a little bit. Just a, just a kissing of it. Anyway, as they hurried across the lot to me, they reminded me of two skinny grasshoppers with tufts of gray on top of their heads. Aunt Marta wrapped me in a hug. Her arms felt so bony. Alex, it's so wonderful to see you. I'm so glad you came, she exclaimed, looking at the stain on my pants. She let go quickly and backed away. 
uh-oh, I'm crushing your camera case. Or are you just happy to see me? I shifted it around my neck. No, it's a hard case, I replied. It's okay. Smiling, Uncle Colin shook hands with me. His wavy gray hair fluttered in the breeze. His cheeks were red and sort of cracked. Age lines, I guess. You're so big and grown up, he said. I'm going to have to call you Mr. Hunter instead of Alex. I laughed. No one calls me Mr. Hunter yet, I told him. Damn it, no one calls me by my last name at all and I'm 30. How was the long bus ride? He asked. Bumpy, I told him. I don't think the driver missed a single pothole. And the man next to me had the hiccups the whole way because he was drunk in that fun, cheery Pirates of the Caribbean way. Aunt Marta chuckled. It sounds like a fun trip. Uncle Colin lowered his eyes to my camera case. Like to take pictures, Alex? There's a lot of Goosebumps books that are photography-centric. I wonder if that's a hobby of R.L. Stein. I should tweet at him, but again, I don't want him to know I exist. I nodded. Yes, I want to be a photographer someday, just like you two and Drew Carey. Their smiles grew wider. That seemed to please them. But Uncle Colin's smile faded quickly. It's a hard way to make a living, he said. Lots of traveling. We never stay in one place for long. And it's hard to be faithful to your aunt. Aunt Marta sighed. <sighs> That's why we haven't seen you for so many years. She hugged me again. I was hoping maybe I could go out in a shoot with you, I said. I'll bet you two could teach me a lot. Uncle Colin laughed. We'll teach you all our secrets. You're staying for at least two weeks, Aunt Marta added. So we'll have plenty of time for photography lessons. Not if we spend the whole time in this parking lot, Uncle Colin declared like an asshole. It's been like 18 sentences. Calm down. With a groan, he hoisted my suitcase into the back of the van. We climbed in, and a few seconds later, we pulled away from the bus station into town. A post office word passed, then a small grocery and a dry cleaner. We crossed the street, and thick woods surrounded us on both sides like God's own pubes. Is that all there is? I cried. Alex, Aunt Marta replied. You've just had the grand tour of Wolf Creek. Ow! Hope you won't be bored in such a tiny town, Uncle Colin added, turning the van sharply as the road curved through the trees. No way, I cried. I really want to explore the woods. I'm a city kid. I seldom even get to touch a tree. Going into the woods, I thought, will be so interesting, like visiting another planet, space people. I want to shoot a hundred rolls of film in the woods, I declared. The van bumped hard, sending my head bouncing against the van roof. Slow down, Colin, Aunt Marta scolded. She turned back to me. Your uncle only knows one speed, methamphetamine, oh, sorry, light speed. Speaking of light, we'll show you some kind, some tricks for shooting outdoors, Uncle Colin said, pressing his foot even harder on the gas pedal. I've entered a photography contest back home, I told them. I want to snap a great Halloween photo. Something really wild to win the contest. Oh, that's right. Halloween's only a couple of days off. 
Aunt Marta said, glancing at my uncle. She turned back to me. What do you want to be for Halloween, Alex? I didn't have to think about it. I'd already decided back home. A werewolf, I told her. (gasps) No, she screamed. Uncle Colin also let out a cry. The van plowed through a stop sign. I flew off the seat and hit the door hard and stared helplessly through the bouncing windshield as we swerved into the path of a roaring truck. Honk, truck lights, potential death. We'll find out what happens, won't we? You know, but I gotta save this. It's only chapter one. Fuck, am I clipping? God damn it. Let me check. New mic setup. Maybe I have it too loud. Hmm. Chapter number two. I Was that me screaming? Our van rocked hard. Oh, vans rock hard. Vans are hard rocking vehicles. I bounced again, landing on my knees on the floor. Uh-oh. Uncle Colin swerved onto the grassy shoulder. Oh, no. That's where the shot Kennedy. I saw a blur of red and heard the truck roar past. Its horn blared angrily. Uncle Colin slowed to a stop under the trees. He wrinkled his, his wrinkled face had turned red. What makes Uncle Colin's face red? Chuck, truck, 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 huck, truck, truck, truck. We swept both, he swept both hands over his thick gray hair. All right, I need to get my shit together. Budweiser. Colin, what happened? Aunt Marta asked softly. Sorry, he muttered. He took a deep breath. Guess I just wasn't concentrating. Aunt Marta tisk tisked. Nearly got us killed. She turned in the passenger seat to gaze at me. Alex, you okay? Yes, I'm fine, I told her. I didn't expect it to be so exciting here. I tried to make a joke, but my voice came out kind of shaky. Oh, are you shaky, Alex? Why don't you have a drink, dude? Calm your nerves. My camera case had fallen to the floor. I picked it up, opened it, and checked out the camera. It seemed okay. Uncle Colin shifted in a drive and pulled the van back onto the road. Sorry about that, he murmured. I'll be more careful. Promise. You were thinking about the Marlings again, weren't you? Aunt Marta accused him. When Alex said a werewolf, you started thinking about them and be quiet, Marta. Uncle Colin snapped. Rude. Don't talk about them now. Alex just arrived. Do you want to scare him before we even get home? Huh? Who are the Marlings? I demanded, leaning to the front. Never mind, Uncle Colin replied sharply. Sit back. Rewind it back. Uncle Colin's going to drive the car that's going to make you get home on time clap that's not important aunt marta said she turned to the windshield hey we're almost home the sky seemed to darken the old trees grew over the narrow road their leaves blocking the sunlight watching the blur of red and yellow as the woods swept past i thought hard my aunt and uncle were certainly acting a little strange i decided I wondered why Uncle Colin had snapped at my aunt so angrily when he she'd mentioned the Marlings. Why do they call it Wolf Creek? Oh, I asked. Because the name Chicago was already taken. 
Aunt Marta joked like a dad dune. There used to be wolves in the woods, Uncle Colin explained softly. Used to be, my aunt claimed. She lowered her voice to a whisper, but I could still hear her. Why don't you tell Alex the truth, Colin? Be quiet, he repeated through clenched teeth. Why do you want to scare him? Aunt Marta turned to the passenger window. We drove on in silence for a while. The road curved and a small circle came into view. Three houses stood nearly side by side on the circle. I could see the woods stretching on behind the houses. That's our little house. In the middle. Our house. In the middle of the other two houses. Our house. Uncle Colin announced, pointing. I gazed out at it. A small square white house on top of a neat, recently mowed front lawn. A long, low ranch-style house, gray with black shutters, sounds metal, stood to the right. The house on the left was nearly hidden by overgrown bushes. Tall weeds rose up over the patchy front yard. A broken tree branch lay in the middle of the driveway. Uncle Colin pulled the van up the driveway to the middle house. It's small, but we're not here that often, he said. Aunt Marta sighed. Always traveling. She turned to me again. There's a nice girl who lives next door. She pointed to the ranch-style house on the right. Does ranch-style house mean they're fat? <laughs> like ranch dressing? And Fuck, that didn't even make sense. I was just trying to make a comment because I hadn't for a while, but ranch-style house fat? God damn it. Ugh. She's 12. Your age, right? I nodded. Her name is Hannah. You can spell it either way, backwards or forwards. It still says Hannah, and she's very cute. You should make friends with her so you won't be so lonely. Cute? Any boys in the neighborhood, I asked. Oh, man, I need to make some gay jokes because he didn't care about the cute girl. He cared about boys. I don't think so, my aunt replied. Sorry. My uncle stopped the van at the top of the driveway. We climbed out. I stretched my arms over my head. All my muscles ached. I'd been sitting for over six hours. I glanced at the gray shingle house on the right. Hannah's house. I wondered if she and I would become friends. Uncle Colin unloaded my suitcase from the back of the van. I turned to the house on the left. What a wreck. The house was totally dark. Some shutters had fallen off. Part of the front porch had caved in. I crossed the driveway and took a few steps closer to the weird, run-down house. Who lives there? I asked my aunt. Stay away from there, Alex, Uncle Colin screamed. Don't ask questions about them. Just stay away from that house. I bet it's a werewolf house. Oh, oh. All right, I need to get my head together. I feel like I'm not goosebumping hard enough. You guys deserve better. <sighs> Speaking of deserving better, <laughs> um, people linked me a bunch of times when R.L. Stein did another AMA on Reddit recently, and there were numerous posts about other Goosebumps uh, podcasts. And since I've been doing this for like eight years, I got all bummed out because I'm like, damn it. Like one I swear to God was called Drinking with Goosebumps. Uh, what am I doing? How do I, I, what the fuck? That was seriously discouraging for me. That's like one of the reasons I haven't recorded in a while. It's just like, oh, there's other Goosebumps podcasts out there. I don't think they're reading them like I am, but 
But still, it's frustrating. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Fuck this. <laughs> Chapter number three. Calm down, Colin, Aunt Marta told my uncle. Alex isn't going over there. She turned to me. The Marlings live in that house, she said, lowering her voice to a whisper. She raised a finger to her lips. No more questions, okay? Just stay away from there, Uncle Colin growled at me. Come help me unload the car. I took one last glance at the run-down wreck of a house. Then I trotted over to help my uncle. Is that the second time he's trotted in this book so far? And that does a lot of trotting. It didn't take long to unpack. Aunt Mara helped me in the guest room while Uncle Colin made us turkey sandwiches in the kitchen. My room was small and narrow like Hank Hill's urethra, about the size of my closet back home. The tiny closet smelled of mothballs, but Aunt Marta said the odor would go away if we left the closet door and window open. Why'd, why'd that trip me up? I crossed the tiny room to open the window and saw that it faced the Marling's house next door. A rusted wheelbarrow tilted against the marling side wall. The windows were dark and coated with dust. I squinted into the window across from mine and thought of Uncle Collins' shouted warning. Why was he so worried about the marlings? They're, they're probably werewolves, right? Or they just have werewolf skin? We'll find out, won't we? I raised the window and turned back to my aunt. She tucked the last of my t-shirts into the top dresser. The room is small, but I think you'll be cozy in here, Alex. Just like Harry Potter, she said. And I cleared all the junk off the desk so you'll have a place to do homework. Homework, I uttered. That's for bozos. Then I remembered I'd promised to go to the local school for the weeks I stayed in Wolf Creek. ah Hannah will take you to school Monday morning. Aunt Marta promised. She is in sixth grade, too. She'll show you around. I didn't want to think about going to a strange school. Goosebumps. I picked up my camera. I can't wait to get into the woods and take some shots, I told my aunt. Why don't you go after lunch, she suggested, straightening her gray hair. She led the way through the short hall to the kitchen. All moved in, Uncle Colin axed. He was pouring orange juice into three glasses. The sandwiches were set out on small, on the small round kitchen table. Before I could answer him, we heard a knock at the back door. Aunt Marta opened it, and a girl about my age walked in. Hannah. Fucking Hannah. Hannah was tall and thin, an inch or two taller than me. Aunt Marta was right. Hannah was kind of cute. She had straight black hair, olive green eyes, and a nice smile. She wore a big green sweater pulled down over black tights, kind of looking like Rapata Smith. Aunt Marta introduced us. We both said, hi. I hate meeting new people. It's always so awkward. Yeah, old Dune's been doing some sales lately, walking into places cold. 
yeah, damn, people hate meeting new people, especially when when you're running a business and Dune walks in, they're like, hey, hey, and blah, 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 can I help you out? And they're like, fuck off. And then I just get sad and go home and drink. Aunt Marta asked Hannah if she'd like a turkey sandwich. No, thanks, Hannah replied. I already ate lunch. I liked her voice. It was really low and husky, unlike how Dune did it. Kind of hoarse. Alex just arrived on the bus, Aunt Marta told her. That's why we're having such a late lunch. I gobbled my sandwich down in a few seconds. Gobbled turkey sandwich. By the way, I was on the phone with a dentist office yesterday doing a call. And they're like, oh yeah, the person you want to talk to, they'll be back at 2.30. And I was like, 2.30, dentist office. And I didn't make the joke because that's how professional and hireable I am. In case anyone wants to hire old Dune, hit me up at Dune at DuneReadsGoosebumps.com and give me some money. I guess I didn't realize how hungry I was. Hannah, why don't you and Alex do some exploring in the woods? Uncle Colin suggested. He's a city boy. You'll have to show him what a tree is. Everyone laughed. I've seen lots of them in movies. I joked. That's an alright joke for a kid to make. Hannah was great. <laughs> she had a husky laugh. I want to take a million photos, I told her, grabbing my camera case. You're into photography? Hannah asked in her new voice. Just like your aunt and uncle? I nodded. I hope you have color film, Hannah said. The fall leaves are really awesome now. We said goodbye to Uncle Colin and Aunt Marta and headed out the front door. A red afternoon sun was sinking behind the trees. If Legolas were here, he'd explain that there was a battle the night before and bloodshed is what made the sun red, but goddammit, Legolas wasn't here. It made our shadows stretch long and skinny over the grass. Hey, you're stepping on my shadow, Hannah protested, grinning. She swung her leg to make it look, make her shadow kick my shadow. That's shadow on shadow crime. Shadow lives matter. Ow! I cried. I swung my fist, and my shadow slugged her shadow. We had a good shadow fight, punching and kicking. Finally, she stomped on my shadow with both of her sneakers, and I dropped to the ground, making my shadow slump over the grass in a dead faint. As I sat up, Hannah had her head tossed back, laughing. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Her straight black hair blew wildly around her face. I pulled my camera from the case and quickly snapped a photo of her. Yoda, you don't meow at me. She stopped laughing, like the listeners of Dune Reads Goosebumps, because this one is mediocre so far. I need to drink more. All right, there goes that tall can. <clears throat> And straightened her hair with both hands. Hey, why'd you do that? I shrugged. Just wanted to. I climbed to my feet and raised the camera to my eye. I turned and pointed it toward the Marling's house. I took a few steps toward the house, trying to frame it in my viewfinder. Hey, I cried out as Hannah grabbed my arm. Alex, don't take a picture, she warned in a throaty whisper. They'll see you. So what? I shot back as if I were in the anti-nowhere league, but I felt a shiver as I saw something move in the dark front window. Was someone staring at us? I lowered my camera. Come on, Alex. Hannah tugged me toward the back. Are we going into the woods or not? I squinted up at the Marling's house. 
Why was my uncle so upset when I asked about that house? I asked Hannah. What's the big deal, huh? Huh? Italian stuff. I don't really know, she replied, dropping my arm. The Marlings are supposed to be a weird old couple. I've never seen them, but I've heard stories about them. What kind of stories? I demanded. Spooky stories? Can Dune tell them? More importantly, will someone pay Dune to tell them? Frightening stories, she whispered. No, really, what kind of stories? I insisted. She didn't answer. Her olive green eyes narrowed at the broken porch, the faded, stained shingles. Let's just stay away from there, Alex. She started jogging along the side of the house toward the backyard, but I didn't follow her. I crossed the driveway and stepped into the tall weeds of the Marling's front yard. Alex, stop. What are you doing? Where are you going? Hannah called. Holding my camera at my waist, I made my way quickly up to the house. I'm a city kid, I told Hannah. I don't scare easily. I've seen like 15, 20 black people in my life. No big deal. I'm not even scared of them. Alex, please, Hannah pleaded. The Marlings don't like kids. They don't like anyone coming up to their house. Please, let's go to the woods. I stepped up carefully onto the rotting floorboards on the front porch. I raised my eye to the front window. The reflection of the setting red sun filled the glass. For a moment, it appeared that the window was on fire. I had to look away. Then, as the sunlight faded from the window pane, I turned back and gasped inside the house. The window curtains were slashed and torn, as if some kind of animal had clawed them, clawed them to shreds. It's probably a werewolf, because, you know, the, the werewolf is in the book name, you know? It's, pro it's probably a werewolf. That's, that's what I would wager. Chapter number four. Hannah, did you see this? I called. I couldn't take my eyes off the shredded curtains. She stood across the driveway, leaning her back against my aunt and uncle's house. I don't want to come over there, she said softly, folding her arms over her luscious chest. But the curtains, I started. I told you, they're weird. Hannah said sharply, but they don't like kids gawking through their windows. Come on, Alex. I backed away from the Marling's house. My shoe caught on a raised floorboard of the rotting porch and I nearly fell. That's how Michael Jackson does the trick when he leans down in concerts. I guess he doesn't do this anymore. He's more leaning down underground for a while, but he, he locks his the bottom of his heel in place and he can lean forward and it doesn't do. Are we going to the woods or not? Hannah asked impatiently. Sorry, I pulled my shoe free and followed her toward the back. Tell me more about the Marlings, I said, jogging to catch up to her. Tell me some of the frightening stories you heard about them. No way. Hannah replied in her breathy voice. We trotted across my aunt and uncle's backyard, the tall yellow and red trees of the woods, like a bunch of Asians and Native Americans coming together, tilted in afternoon shadows, stretching beyond the smooth lawn. Please, I begged annoyingly. Maybe in a few days after 
Halloween, Hannah replied, after the full moon. I followed Hannah's gaze to the sky, a bright white moon, almost round as a tennis ball, why a tennis ball specifically, rose over the trees, even though it was still daylight. Hannah shuddered. I hate when the full moon comes, she said. I'll be so happy when it's gone. Why? I demanded. What's the big deal about a full moon? She gazed back at the Marling's house and didn't reply. Drinking break. I should go make a cocktail on this drinking break, but that would be rude. So I'll have some water. We made our way through the trees. The fading sunlight filtered through the leaves, sending shimmering spots of gold over the ground. Our shoes crackled over twigs and dead leaves. I found a gnarled old tree, bent over like an old man who was into being a bottom. The bark was pitted and wrinkled like aged brown skin. I don't see skin color, so I didn't know there was a difference between aged brown and new brown. Fat, gray roots reached up from the dirt. Wow, this is so cool, I declared, pulling my camera from the case. Hannah laughed. You really are a city kid. But look at this tree, I declared. It's like, it's like it's alive. She laughed again. Trees are alive, Alex. <laughs> you know what I mean. I grumbled as if it were self-aware and sentient, not that it was just a living thing. Like, you know, it had some sort of conscience to it. Conscious. That's what I meant to say. I started to snap photos of the bent old tree. I stepped back and leaned against a tilted birch tree. I tried to frame the old tree so that its shape looked human. Then I moved all around the tree, photographing its creases, its wrinkles. I shot one slender branch that lowered itself to the ground like a weary arm. I dropped down to my knees and snapped the roots, reaching up from the ground like skinny legs. A soft buzz made me raise my gaze. I was amazed for days. A hummingbird hovered over a flowering weed. Hey, I'm in California. Weed's legal now, dog. 420. Let me adjust the mic position while I talk about weed. That's, that's exciting. It sucks because I don't like weed. <laughs> Every so often, I still give it a chance. I had my like yearly thing where I had like a, you know, those like honey sticks. One of those edibles is only like five milligrams. And it, it didn't give me the negative parts of it. But the positive parts aren't enjoyable. I don't, I don't get it. Not for me. But the point is, it's still cool that weed's legal. You know, you still can't like buy it or sell it, but everyone has it. I guess it's weird because it already kind of was legal. Like wherever you go, everyone just does whatever. I don't know. Still cool. Still a cool time to be alive. I should stop rambling trying to find where I am in this page because it's not helping me find it. Fast me, don't a hummingbird hovered over flowering weed. That's where I was, since hence weed got it. I turned and tried to capture the tiny bird in my camera lens, but the hummingbird was too fast for me. It darted away before I could snap my shutter. I climbed to my feet. Hannah was sitting cross-legged on the ground, unladylike, crunching dead leaves between her hands. Doesn't that hummingbird know summer is over? I murmured. She stared at me blankly, as if she had forgotten I was there. Oh, sorry, Alex. I didn't see it. She climbed to her feet. 
What happens if you keep going straight? I asked, pointing deeper into the woods. You come to Wolf Creek. Ahoo! Hannah replied, I'll show you the creek next time, but we'd better get going. We should get out of the woods before the sun goes down. I suddenly thought of the wolves Uncle Colin had told me about. The wolves that gave Wolf Creek its name. The wolves that used to live here in these woods, I said. They're all gone, right? Hannah nodded. Yes, they're all gone. And then a shrill howl rose up so close, so close behind me. The high, shrill wail of a wolf. And I opened my mouth in a terrified scream. Alright, made a cocktail and, uh... By the way, my shit's been so crazy lately that... That I think a couple people have contacted me and I haven't gotten back to them, so I want to apologize for that. I maybe eventually will, like, uh... Like Ryan, who I've hung out with before, texted me about what to do with Mexico. But I didn't see it until, like, a day ago because I was looking for someone else's number. The point is... I'm sorry, uh, if you go to Mexico again, I'll hopefully not be having such a crazy time in my life and give you Mexico advice, and I hope you had a good time. It's always a good time in Mexico. Point is, um, I should be here now, present, you know, and, and be able to be contacted. Chapter number five. I stumbled back against the birch tree. My camera banged against the trunk, but I didn't drop it. Hannah? I choked out. Her eyes were wide with surprise. Before she could reply, two boys burst out from behind a tall, evergreen shrub. They tossed back their heads and howled like wolves. Hey, you guys, Hannah exclaimed, totally different than the pronunciation that Sloth would have done from Goonies, making a disgusted face. They were both short and thin, both with straight black hair and dark brown eyes. They finished their howls, then gazed at me, gazed at me hungrily, like wolves. Did we scare you? One of them teased, his dark eyes flashing excitedly. He wore a dark brown sweater pulled down over black denim jeans. He had a long purple wool muffler wrapped around his neck. So is a muffler a scarf? muffler scarf i own like one scarf and i uh and oh yeah it is a it is the same thing so point is i own like one scarf it's never fucking cold it's been 90 degrees in november so i know these things connie is a scarf that her aunt gave her it was funny he's like hey here's, here's a scarf from louis vuitton but it's like there's no time to ever wear that and she would never wear that it's just weird so there's a louis vuitton scarf sitting around in my house i don't know what to do with it guess it's not mine to do anything with but still a muffler is a scarf we learned that you two always scare me hannah joked your faces give me nightmares the other boy wore a baggy gray sweatshirt and baggy khakis that dragged on the ground he tossed back his head and let out another shrill wolf howl howl hannah turned to me there in my class she explained that one is sean kiner the boy, she pointed the boy with the purple muffler. And he's Arjun Kosla. Arjun? I struggled with the name. It's Injun, he explained. 
Hannah told us you were coming, Sean said, grinning. You're a city kid, right? Arjun axed and assumingly spit out some dip because that's in Dune's impression of non-city kids. Well, yeah, Cleveland, I murmured. That's not a city. That's, oh, whatever. So, how do you like Wolf Creek? Oh, Arjun axed. It didn't sound like a question. It sounded like a challenge. They both stared at me with their dark eyes, studying me as if I were some kind of weird fungus. I I just got here, I stammered. They exchanged glances. There's some things you should know about the woods, Sean said. Like what? I asked. He pointed to my feet. Like you shouldn't stand in a big clump of poison ivy. Oh no! Huh? I jumped back and stared at the ground. They both laughed. There wasn't any poison ivy. I would have recognized a grown woman in a bathing suit made out of leaves, okay? I've seen Batman. You guys are about as funny as dog puke, Hannah sneered. You ought to know you eat it for breakfast, Sean replied. Good one, Sean. He and Arjun laughed and slapped each other a high five. Hannah done sighed. Remind me to laugh later, she muttered, rolling her eyes. For some reason, that started the two boys howling again. When they stopped, Sean reached for my camera. Can I see it? Well, I pulled back. It's a very expensive camera. I told him, I really don't like anyone else touching it. expensive. He teased. Is it cardboard? Let me see it. He grabbed for it again. Take my picture. Arjun demanded. Wait, I thought that if you took a picture of Indians, it stole their soul. Uh Uh-oh, I gotta look into this. He pulled his lips apart with two fingers and stuck out his tongue, doing his best impression of Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. That's an improvement, Hannah told him. Take my picture, Arjun repeated. Give Alex a break, Hannah snapped. Like, like, like a Kit Kat bar snaps, and that's what you need when you need a break. <laughs> Get out of his face, you two. Arjun pretended to be hurt. Why won't he take my picture? Because he doesn't take animal photos. Hannah sneered. Sean laughed and snatched the camera from my hands. Hey, come on, I pleaded. I made a grab for it and missed. Sean tossed the camera to Arjun. Arjun raised it and pretended to snap Hannah's photo. Your face cracked the lens, he exclaimed. I'm going to crack your fucking face, idiot, Hannah threatened. It's a really expensive camera, I repeated. If anything happens to it, Hannah swiped the camera out of Arjun's hands and handed it back to me. I cradled it in my arms. Thanks. The two boys moved through me menacingly. Their dark eyes gleamed again, watching them approach. Their faces so hard, their eyes so cold, I thought of wild animals. Growl. Those are animal noises that I made. I've got plenty more. I might do them later in the book. Taking a sip of this cocktail, even though there's no drinking break. I made that way too long for a read and drink. Leave him alone. Hannah scolded like Michael Jackson. We're just goofing, Arjun replied. We weren't going to hurt the camera. Yeah, we're just kidding around, Sean added. What's your problem? No problem, I replied, still cradling the camera. Arjun raised his eyes to the darkening skies.
Through the trees, I could see only gray. It's getting kind of late, Arjun murmured. Sean's smile faded. Let's get out of here. His eyes darted around the woods. Shadows deepened in the air, grew colder. They say some kind of wild creatures are loose in the woods, Arjun said softly. You know, the kind of people that leave woods porn about. For people like young Giovanni to find. Which is totally different than what we have in San Diego. Which is canyon porn. Because we don't have woods with canyons. Because people have developed our cities. Because we're not wild men. Arjun, give us a break. Hannah groaned, rolling her eyes. No, really, Arjun insisted. Some kind of creature tore off a deer's head. Tore it clean off. Wait, is he saying it? Tore off a head and placed it like on his uncle's wall on a mount? Because that's not a creature. That is a taxidermist. We saw it, Sean reported. His eyes dark and glowing still and excited and the fucking the lights dim and shit. It was so gross. The deer's eyes stared up at us, Arjun added, and bugs crawled out of its open neck. Yuck! Hannah exclaimed, covering her mouth with one hand. You're making this up, right? No, I'm not. Sean glanced up at the moon it's almost full moon the full moon makes all the strange creatures come out of hiding he continued speaking so softly his voice just above a whisper especially on halloween and the moon will be completely full that night I shivered. The back of my neck tingled. I suddenly felt cold all over, as if I was going through withdrawals. Was it the wind or Sean's frightening words? I pictured the deer head lying on the ground, pictured the shiny black eyes staring up blankly, lifelessly. What are you going to be for Halloween? Arjun asked Hannah. She shrugged. I don't know. I haven't decided. He turned to me. Do you know what you want to be, Alex? I nodded. Yeah, I want to be a werewolf. Arjun uttered a near-silent gasp. Let me try to do near-silent. Okay, was that too silent? That, that was 100% silent? Doesn't matter. The two boys exchanged glances. Ooh, boys exchanging glances in the woods. Their smiles faded. Their faces turned solemn. What's wrong? I asked. No reply. Hey, what's wrong? I repeated. Arjun lowered his gaze to the ground. We have enough werewolves in Wolf Creek. Ah, he muttered. What do you mean? I cried. Come on, guys. What do you mean by that? But they didn't answer. Instead, they turned and vanished into the woods. Hi, Franklin. Are you a werewolf? You're the laziest werewolf in the world because you won't even turn back into being human. I moved a dog bed in here so Franklin could hang out with me while I read. Right, Frank? God, you're lazy. I'll get you like a bone or something. It'll cheer you up. Hold up. Got distracted by being crazy. Now I'm back. Chapter six. Aunt Marta invited Hannah to stay for dinner. The four of us squeezed around the small kitchen table and spooned up big bowls of steaming chicken soup for the goosebump soul. You make the best soup. 
Hannah told my aunt, having never witnessed the soup Nazi. Aunt Marta smiled, a little broth dripping down her chin like the movies she had done in her college days. She reached for a napkin. Thank you, Hannah. I just show, throw everything in it that I can find. Sorry we're late for dinner, I said. I lost track of time. I didn't want to leave the woods. It was so interesting. Uncle Colin's eyes moved to the kitchen window. He stared up at the rising moon. Then he lowered his gaze to the Martling's house next door. I photographed an awesome-looking tree, I told him. It was wrinkled and bent over like an old man. It was a sexy old man tree. It was like possibly a lemon tree, a lemon party tree? Uncle Colin didn't reply. His eyes were still focused out the window. Colin, Alex is talking to you, Aunt Marta scolded. Huh? Oh. He turned back to the table, shaking his head as if shaking away his thoughts. Sorry, what were you saying? I don't normally listen to young people. I told him again about the old tree. I'll help you develop those shots, he offered. Maybe tomorrow I set up a dark room in the little bathroom in the attic. Why is there a bathroom in the attic? We really need a bigger house, especially with all the work we've been doing lately. By the way, Connie mentioned again that once our uh, year lease is up in February, we're going to move. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to move again. I don't want to deal with life. But that's probably for the best because I can't afford to live here and I don't know what's going on for work. What are you photographing now? I asked. Creatures of the night, he replied. His eyes wandered to the window again. I followed his gaze to the Martling's back window, totally dark. We're photographing nocturnal animals, Aunt Marta explained, animals that only come out at night. You mean like owls? Hannah asked. Aunt Marta nodded. We've found some wonderful owls in the woods, haven't we, Colin? Uncle Colin turned back from the window. Silvery light from the full moon washed over the window pane. Hey, maybe it's... Maybe it's his aunt and uncle, the, the real werewolves, and not the next-door neighbors, huh? Huh? That's a good twist. The night creatures don't like to be photographed, he said, spooning up a carrot and chewing it slowly. They're very private. Sometimes we wait in one spot for hours, my aunt added, waiting for a creature to poke its head up from its hole in the ground. Can I come with you one night? I asked eagerly. I can be real quiet. Really? Like you guys didn't even notice when I just farted. We noticed. Uncle Colin swallowed a chunk of chicken. That's a fine idea, he said. But then his expression grew solemn and he added, maybe after Halloween. I turned and saw Aunt Marta staring out at the Marling's house. The moon is still low, she said thoughtfully, but it's so bright tonight. Almost like daylight out there, Uncle Colin said. What was that expression that quickly passed over his face? Was it fear? My aunt and uncle are both acting so weird tonight, I decided so nervous. Why do they keep staring out the window? What do they expect to see at the Marling's house? I couldn't hold it any longer. Is everything okay? I asked them, like you should never do to a woman, but you do all the time, Dune. All the time. Are you all right? Are you okay? Yes, stop asking me. Jesus. That was someone else talking. It wasn't me saying don't ask because obviously I say ask. Okay, 
Uncle Colin narrowed his eyes at me. I guess. Are you two thinking about your Halloween costumes? Aunt Marta demanded, changing the subject. I think I'm going to be a pirate again this year, Hannah replied. She finished her chocolate milk and licked the chocolate syrup on the edge of the glass. You know, I'll wrap a bandana around my head and wear a patch over one eye. You know, like, like Dog the Bounty Hunter after he got LASIK surgery. Colin and I might have some funny old clothes you can wear, Aunt Marta offered. She turned to me. How about you, Alex? I still wanted to be a werewolf. But I remembered the last time I'd told that to my aunt and uncle. Uncle Colin had nearly cracked up the car. I didn't fuck that up. It just said cracked up the car. As in, like, you're telling jokes to cars, like Larry the Cable Guy, on the Cars ride at Dis Disneyland. Forget it. So I smiled and quietly told them. Maybe I'll be a pirate too. I spooned up the last of my soup. I had no way of knowing that in a few hours, when the moon rose to its peak in the sky, I'd be nearly face to face with a real werewolf. Chapter number seven, baby. After Hannah went home, I made my way to my little bedroom. I straightened up a bit, shoving clothes into the dresser drawers. I'm not the neatest person in the world. Let's face it, I'm a total slob. I'm a real arty lang. But I knew if I let the clutter pile up in this tiny room, I'd never find anything. I sat down at the desk and wrote a short letter to mom and dad. I told them everything was fine. I wrote that I'd have at least a thousand great photographs to show them when they came home from France. <laughs> That's not going to encourage them to come home from France. You know, they're about to go, go see a, see a concert from that band, you know, shooting France. What was that? What was that? Concert. Just give me a second. What was, the, what was the band? What was, what was the band of the concert? Okay, okay, okay. Give me a second. I'm, I'm gonna go back to it now. It took it took me a minute, but I, but I'm doing it now. <clears throat> I told them everything was fine. I wrote that I'd have at least a thousand great photographs to show them when they came home from France. When they thought of the idea of having to sit through a thousand of my photographs, they instantly bought front row tickets to the next Eagles of Death Metal concert. Bazinga! <laughs> that joke was not worth the effort. Also, R.I.P. France. When I finished addressing the letter, I wasn't feeling sleepy, but I decided I should probably go to bed anyway. I started to the closet to find my pajamas, but I stopped at the window and stared out at a pale orange light. A light in a side window of the Marling's house. A light shimmering between two tilting trees, their leaves vibrating in the wind. A pale orange rectangle of light on the bottom floor of the house near the back. A bedroom window? I pressed closer to the glass and squinted hard in the darkness, squinting into the dim rectangle of orange. Was I about to see one of the Marling's? I held my breath and waited. I didn't have to wait long. I let out a gasp as a silhouette crossed the window next door. A gray figure caught in the rectangle of orange. Was it a man? I couldn't tell. I was going to beat off anyway. The silhouette moved. It's an animal, I realized. No, a man. Mr. Marling? 
I pressed against the glass, squinting hard. Was it a large dog? Franklin, you're not a large dog. You want me to pet your head? No, you don't. A man? I couldn't see clearly. The silhouette moved away from the window, and then I heard a long, high animal wail. The sound floated out through the window next door, floated across the narrow space between our houses. The high animal howl swept into my room, swirling around me. Such an ugly, frightening sound, half human, half animal. Oh man, baby, oh yeah. A cry I had never heard before. A chill rolled down my back and then another. Another howl made me gasp. <gasps> I stared out as the silhouette returned to the window. A creature with its head tilted back, its jaws open, uttering such frightening animal cries. Oh! I've got to take a picture, I told myself. I've got to photograph the howling silhouette. I spun away from the window, dove across the tiny room to the dresser, reached for my camera. My camera? It was gone. <gasps> camera thieves. Chapter... Number eight. No! I uttered a shocked cry. My hands fumbled frantically over the desktop. I left the camera there. I knew I had, but no, no camera. My eyes swept around the room. I had just straightened up. Everything was in its place. The desktop, the dresser. No camera, no camera. I dropped to my knees and searched under the bed. No camera, just monsters. I crawled over the closet pulled open the door and searched the closet floor. No camera, just homosexuals. As I searched, another wolf howl burst into my room. Higher, shriller, hello. And then I heard two howls together. Howl, howl. Their siren-like wails blended in a strange, sour harmony. Was it Mr. and Mrs. Marling? As I climbed to my feet, I heard a scraping sound. Wood against wood, like Pinocchio making love. The sound of a window opening. I heard a heavy thud, feet landing hard on the ground, and then I heard low grunts, heavy thudding footsteps. <gasps> Is it Sam from Clarissa Explains It All sneaking in the room to talk to Clarissa and her pet alligator? Footsteps right inside my room. I dove back to the window, breathlessly, my heart pounding. I stared out too late. No one out there now. All dark, the orange light gone from the Marling's window, the house completely covered in black again, the trees shaking black against the blue-black sky. Scarlet, baby, don't play with the power strip. That's how cats die. Curiosity electrocutes the kitties. Uh, the leaves silvery, shimmering under the bright light of the moon. I stared out there for a long moment, waiting for my heart to stop racing, listening for the high howls, the heavy, thudding footsteps. Silence now. My camera. I forced myself to turn away from the window. I hurried out of the room and down the short hall to the living room. Did I leave the camera case here when Hannah and I returned from the woods? No. No sign of it. I checked the kitchen. Not there, either. Aunt Marta! Uncle Colin! I started calling. 
<laughs> get it? It says I called them, but like his name's Colin and, and, and Alex, the main character, was Colin. For, that's funny. That's funny, guys. <laughs> My voice came out tinier than I'd planned. I ran back down the hall past my room, past the bathroom and the linen closet. Their room stood at the end. Have you seen my camera anywhere? I cried. I shoved open the door to their bedroom. Dude, learn to knock. Maybe your parents don't have a spicy love life because they had you, but your aunt and uncle did not have any kids and you shouldn't just wander into their bedroom. You're going to see shit you do not want to see. Dark in there. Dark and empty. I could smell Aunt Marta's flowery perfume and the sharp odor of fo- photo-developing fluid. That's, the, that's kind of fluidy smelling. They've gone out to the woods to photograph animals, I realized. I'm all alone here. I took a deep breath and held it. Calm down, Alex, I instructed myself. You're perfectly okay. You're perfectly safe. You will find your camera as soon as... As you get calm, it's probably right out in plain sight, but you're so brazy and pumped up, you can't see it. Just calm down. I took another long, deep breath. I was starting to feel calmer. I closed my aunt and uncle's bedroom door and started back down the hall. I was halfway to my room when I heard the soft, scraping sound, and then the thud of footsteps. I froze and listened. More footsteps. Heavy thuds. Where were they coming from? Overhead? Yes. I peered up at the low ceiling. Another scraping sound. More thudding footsteps. They're in the attic, I realized. Whatever those howling creatures are, they're in the house. Didn't his uncle just say he was going to the attic to develop his film? Guess we'll find out in chapter 9, won't we, listeners? Fuck, the cocktail's done and my water's almost gone, but I'll read on. Chapter number 9 I dropped back against the wall. My whole body shook. I swallowed hard and listened to the heavy footsteps above my head. I've got to get out of here, I told myself. I've got to get out of this house. I've got to tell Uncle Colin and Aunt Marta, but my legs felt like jello. I didn't know if I could walk. I feel like this whole part of the chapter so far is all goosebumps cliches. Against the wall, body shook, swallowed hard, legs like jello, I've got to get out of here. These are all things that have been said again and again and again and again and again. I took a shaky step, doing the stanky leg, then another, and then I heard a new sound from upstairs. I stopped and listened. Humming? Was someone humming? With a burst of energy, I grabbed the door to the attic. I pulled it open and shouted up the stairs. Who's up there? Who is it? I shouted as Scarlet licked Dune's hands because she's a sweetheart. It's me, Alex, a familiar voice called down. Hannah? I choked out. I stared up to the attic. What are you doing up there? Didn't your aunt tell you I came back? Hannah called. No, she didn't, I replied. She said she had some old clothes up here that might make a good costume. So I came back to check it out. Her head appeared at the top of the stairs. Why do you sound so weird? I I thought, I began, but the words caught in my throat. I started up the stairs. No, 
Hannah cried, don't come up. Ooh, she's probably naked. I stopped on the third step. How come? I called. I'm not dressed. I'm trying on stuff. Ooh, she actually was naked. Wow. What if all my predictions about goosebumps come true on this one for the first time ever? She explained. She smiled down at me. Possibly winking. It was hard to tell with the light. Besides, I want to surprise you. There's some awesome old stuff up here. Your aunt and uncle must have looked really weird when they were young. Her head disappeared from view. I could hear the rustle of clothes up there. I backed down the stairs. Hey, do you know where my camera is? I asked. I've looked all over the house and... Oh no. Hannah groaned. Her head appeared again. This time, she wasn't smiling. What? I called up to her. Your camera, Alex. Do you think maybe you left it in the woods? I gasped. I, I don't know. I thought. My voice trailed off. I had a sick, heavy feeling in the pit of my stomach. Ooh, he's got that Rhea boy. I know what that's like. You had it when Sean and Arjun left, Hannah said. But when we came back to the house, I don't remember you carrying it. Oh, wow. I shook my head. I've got to go get it, Hannah. I can't leave it overnight in the woods. No, she cried. Alex, listen to me. You can't go out there. This is where J.K. Rowling got the Forbidden Forest from, okay? All, all, of, all of Harry Potter is just stolen from Goosebumps. It's, it's just a fact now that I started lying about it years ago. I have to, I cried. But the woods aren't safe at night, she protested. They really aren't safe. I turned away and ran down the hall. Faster than a cannonball. I pulled on my jacket and found a flashlight on the floor of the hall closet. I tested it a few times. Once I finished, I found a flashlight and turned it on. The light was steady and bright, like a light bright. I'll be back in a few minutes, I shouted up to Hannah. No, please, Alex. I heard her call down. Listen to me. Don't go into the woods tonight. Wait for me to get dressed. Wait for me, okay? But I couldn't leave my camera out there to be ruined. I closed the front door behind me and stepped out into the light of the moon. Chapter number 10. I began trotting, always fucking trotting, along the side of the house toward the backyard. Heavy black clouds covered the moon. The night air felt colder than I'd thought. Wet. I zipped my down jacket as I ran. I glanced at the Marling's house as I jogged past. Nothing to see here, I chief wiggumed. The back window had been left wide open, but the house was completely dark. Not a light on anywhere. The grass was slick and wet from heavy dew. Oh, is that Mountain Dew code red? I felt a splash of cold on my forehead. A raindrop? I groaned as I thought of, thought of my camera sitting out in the woods. It was such an expensive camera. I get it, your camera's fucking expensive, Jesus. I prayed I could find it before it started to rain. Several tiny animals scampered silently past my feet. I stopped. No, not animals. Fat, dead leaves. They scuttled over the dark grass, pushed by swirls of wind. Ooh, it's like tiny little tornadoes. Like when you're in Zelda or Mario and you call and use the whistle. And then the little tornado comes. It's like those. I lowered my head under a tree branch and entered the woods at the back of the yard. The old trees shivered and creaked. 
the steady whoo of an owl far in the distance made me think of my aunt and uncle. They were here with their cameras somewhere in the woods. I wondered if I would run into them. I followed the twisting path through the trees. Another raindrop fell heavily on top of my head. Rain spattered the ground. I stopped when the bent tree came into view. The tree I had photographed with Hannah that afternoon. I played my flashlight over its curved shape. I played my flashlight? That doesn't... Is that... Is that English, Arlstein? I done shine my flashlight on that shit. That's how I would have wrote it. At least I'm heading in the right direction, I said aloud. I stepped over a fallen tree branch and moved deeper into the woods. The trees began to hiss, the leaves shaking. In the rising wind, I could still hear the owl's steady hoo, hoo in the distance, as if he was trying to discover how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop. My flashlight dimmed, then brightened again, its thin circle of light made a path for me between the trees the circle of light it's a flashlight it's it's a flashlight it's a flashlight it's a no sorry (laughs) all right i cried out when the light swept over my camera case i had set it down on a flat tree stump oh like, like like the kid left at the end of the giving tree how could i have forgotten it there with another happy cry i picked it up I actually felt like hugging it. I was so happy to have it back. I checked it out carefuller. Carefully. Jesus, I didn't read that carefuller. <laughs> Turning it under the flashlight. I wiped away the few raindrops that clung to the top. Then, cradling it under one arm, I started back to the house. The rain had stopped, at least for the moment. I started to hum happily. I wanted to skip all the way home. Back to his room the size of a closet if you catch my drift. The camera meant more to me than anything. I promised myself I'd never leave it anywhere again. I stopped humming when I heard the angry sound and animal snarl. A fierce, throaty roar. I dropped the flashlight. The creature roared again. Where was it? Where was it coming from? Right behind me. Uh oh, it's probably a bear if he's coming in from behind. Hey yo, because that's like a a term for a man in the homosexual community that that looks like me, and and then it's also like 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 something that you would find in the woods, but it's behind. Him. Forget it, forget it. It's a great joke. You guys are just missing out. <laughs> no one's missing out. It was terrible. <laughs> Dune rules. Chapter eleven, baby. I bent and grabbed up the flashlight. My knees suddenly felt weak. Wait, I was making a bunch of bear jokes, right? Then he bent over and then his knees felt weak and he... Oh, okay. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do it. A cold wave of panic swept over my body. I heard loud animal grunts. Angry. Snarls. I forced myself to move. I had to get away from here. A clump of fat shrubs rose up in front of me. Clutching my camera case, I darted behind them and dropped to my knees. Not gonna do it. Hidden behind the bushes, I struggled to catch my breath. To stop my heart from thudding so hard in my chest, I couldn't see around the fat leaves of the bush. But 
I could hear the animal's grunts and growls. I ducked lower, hoping I was completely out of view. Hoping it couldn't smell me. Cause I stank like I was 12 years old and needed to wear deodorant, but didn't know to wear it yet because no one had told me. Note to self, Dune, I gotta get deodorant tomorrow. If you wanna know what I smell like, it's original Old Spice. And if I'm going somewhere fancy, Tommy Bahama Cologne. <laughs> and then I heard the crash of heavy feet on the ground, a high wail of anger, like a cry of attack. A frightened bleat rose up. The fuck is a bleat? So high and tiny, a terrified cry cut off quickly, snapped off as Dune Googles bleat. Um, the wavering cry made by a sheep, goat, or calf. That's what a bleat is. Sorry, I'm such a city boy. Leaning into the shrub, my legs trembling, my whole body shaking, I heard a struggle. So close, so close, I'm receiving a phone call. I apologize, that was rude of me. Let's get back to it. So close, so close, I felt I could stand up, reach out, and touch the attacker and his prey. So close, I heard every grunt, every frightened cry, a thud, a growl, a tiny, helpless bleat. Once again with the bleat, with the bleat. <clears throat> a loud ripping sound, wet chewing, the slap of jaws, more rapid chewing, an animal burp, an animal ripping sound. Ooh, it sounded as if the odorous urungus was having his way. I shut my eyes, picturing what was happening right in front of me. I heard a thud, then silence. A hiss of the wind seemed to grow louder. A hiss, then silence. I opened my eyes. I stood up shakily and heard heavy footsteps. Twigs and leaves cracking under heavy feet. The footsteps approaching rapidly, coming my way. Coming for me. The creature, the hungry creature, was moving toward me. Oh, a low cry of terror escaped my throat. Gripping the camera case tightly, I spun away from the clump of shrubs and started to run. I heard animal grunts behind me, heavy, heavy breathing pants. I don't have heavy breathing pants on. I got basketball shorts. Good stuff, dude. I'm going to drink. I didn't glance back. Uh-oh. I ran deeper into the woods. I thought I heard the splash and trickle of a creek on my right. Wolf Creek? Ow. I didn't stop to see. A branch scratched my cheek as I scrambled past it. Pain shot over my face. Who's pain, your boyfriend? <laughs> I raised one arm to shield myself as I ran like the Heisman Trophy. Ran blindly, ran through the darkness. Where was the flashlight? Oh no, I left it behind in the bushes. It was no use to me anyway. I was running too fast to keep to the path. I lowered my shoulder and pushed my way through a tall patch of reeds. They snapped back like those hats that the kids are wearing nowadays, even though Dune still prefers a fitted seven and five-eighths. That's how big my head is, slapping me wetly as I shot through them. My foot caught on a half-buried rock. I slid off it, 
Somehow, keeping my balance, I leaped over an upraised tree root and kept running. Over the harsh gasps of my breath, I listened for the heavy, thudding footsteps behind me. The animal growls. Was the creature still chasing me? I grabbed a smooth, damp tree trunk and stopped. I hugged the trunk, struggling to keep my legs from collapsing, struggling to catch my breath. I turned and gazed back. Nothing there. No growls, no grunts, no bang of heavy feet on the ground. I sucked in, breath after breath, <gasps> like doing a whippet with no nitrous. My lungs burned, my mouth felt so dry, I couldn't swallow. Hey, the only glass weed's got cotton mouth, baby. I'm okay, I told myself. I'm safe, for now. I gazed into the deep darkness, and the creature hit me from behind. Man, it didn't need that entire chapter. It was just creatures behind me, bunch of shit happens, and the end of the chapter is creature hit me from behind. You didn't need that, R.L. Stein. What are you doing? Crazy. It's the twelfth chapter of Werewolf Skin. Huh? I uttered a startled groan and dropped to the ground. I spun around to face my attacker. No one there. Nothing. Huh? A shocked cry escaped my lips. I would like it if there was one Goosebumps book with a kid that was like deaf or something. So he only spoke in those weird, weird sounds. Um, I think I've mentioned on here, but one time I was at like a beach with a deaf kid. And they, they teach them to emote in ways that we do, but they can't hear it. And, and her shoe was swept away by the water like it's just a freak wave and she went thank you and fucking blew my mind it was totally surprising and insane it was like deaf frat guy but you know deaf little girl without a shoe <laughs> uh, it's not the same anyway i started to scramble to my feet and saw what had hit the back of my head a bird's nest. A dried up, broken bird's nest. It must have fallen from a tree limb above my head, probably shaken loose by the gusts of wind. Oh, wow. I shook twigs from my hair. Then, cradling the camera case under my arm, I gazed around. Where was I? Trees up ahead slanted as if leaning against each other, like drunk Japanese businessmen. A low mound of rocks stood at the edge of all of a ridge of tall reeds. I'm lost, I realized. I gazed up at the sky. No moon. The heavy rain clouds covered the moon and stars. How do I get back? I squinted into the darkness, searching for the path. Searching for anything I might recognize. Nothing. If I could find the creek... Maybe I could find the spot where I found my camera, I decided. But which direction was the creek? I was completely turned around. I shivered. A cold raindrop splattered on the shoulder of my jacket. I jumped. That bird's nest had made me terrified of things falling from the sky. The sky is falling like the bird, chicken, chicken do, chicken do, do little, doc, doctor do little, doc, doc, uh, Eddie Murphy. The bird, Eddie Murphy. What should I do? My mind whirred frantically with ideas. Should I call out for help? Shout to my aunt and uncle? Maybe if I called loud enough, they would hear me. But no, 
If I shout, the animal, the snarling creature, will hear me first. Was it still searching for me? Was it still nearby? I decided I'd better not call for help. What should I do? What? Start walking in one direction? <laughs> Towards Zane, am I right? I think he's not in one direction. I think that's the only thing I know about one direction. This isn't helpful at all. And just keep going no matter what? No. I remembered a book I'd read where a guy was lost in the desert, and he tried walking in a straight line. Wait, that's the Bible. You're talking about Moses. And he found some manna, and it kept him alive. Okay, all right. And he just made circles. He went around and around and didn't even realize it until he saw his own footprints in the sand. Maybe that meant he was carrying himself. Maybe I should wait until the sun comes up, I decided. I'll never find my way in this darkness. When it's daylight, I'll have a much better chance. I didn't like the idea of spending the night in the woods, but waiting here until I could see where I was going seemed like a good idea. But then I heard a clattering sound and felt the rain start to pound down hard. A freezing rain swept by gusting wind. I can't stay here. I realized I have to get back to the house. I walked and walked, trying to retrace my steps. I sighed with relief when finally I came to the clump of bushes where I'd hid. I found the flashlight and gripped it tightly in my free hand. I took a guess on which direction to go next. Ducking my head against the rain, I started to walk again. Less than a minute later, I stumbled over something. Something soft. I landed on my knees, turned back to see what I had tripped over, and let out a cry of horror. Heyo, it's now the next day, and uh, I don't know, Connie got home from getting tattooed, and then today I got tattooed, which explains why I'm uh, more intoxicated than usual. Dear God, tattooing around the belly button and stuff, it's so painful, it's so painful. Um, I'm not drinking a Coors. I've been drinking all day. I don't know. Point is, my chest tattoo is maybe two sessions away from being done, but man, that fucking hurts. Chapter number 13. The flashlight trembled in my hand. The quivering light revealed an ugly picture. Oh, what is that, your avatar? You know, like the main picture you use on websites? Doesn't matter. I gaped down at an animal body. No, two. Two animals. What were they? I couldn't tell. They'd been clawed to pieces, completely ripped apart. I remembered the ripping sounds I'd heard. The sounds of these animals being torn apart. My stomach lurched. What kind of animal did this? What kind of animal was strong enough to tear other creatures apart? Possibly Hulk? Like, like, like a Hulk-esque animal? A chill ran down my back. I pulled myself to my feet. I forced myself to look away. The rain poured down. I shielded my camera case under my jacket and started to run again. I had to get away from that ugly sight. Maybe... Maybe it was just a puddle he was looking on the ground and he was so ugly. He looked like two ugly creatures. Oh, burn. Damn. I may be too fucked up to be recording, but let's keep going. Would I ever be able to forget it? 
The wind whipped the rain around me. I felt as if I were running through an ocean through ocean waves, but I couldn't stop. My fear kept me running. The fierce creature still lurked in these woods, still growled and haunted somewhere nearby. My seat sneakers were soaked. I slipped and slid in the soft mud, like God had just sprayed diarrhea over everything in the forest. I'm not sure how long I ran. I stopped when I nearly ran right into the creek. Pounded by the rain, it splashed over its low bank. I turned and followed it, feeling a little more confident. After a while, I spotted a narrow path cut through the tilting trees. I turned onto the path. Would it lead me out of the woods? I had to try. The rain slowed to a soft patter. My sneakers sank deep into the mud as I trotted along the curving path. Dear God, it's hard to read. I should maybe quit, but I should do half of this, right? I'll get it up tonight. Soon, I came to the bent old man tree. Yes! I cried out loud. Yes! I waved my fist triumphantly into the air, as if I were riding that dog dragon from Neverending Story. I was almost home. What was that thing's name? Normally I could get that. Oh god. I picked up my pace. I ran. A few minutes later, I burst out of the woods into my aunt and uncle's backyard. I was so happy. I wanted to fly like R. Kelly. I couldn't wait to get into the warm house, to pull off my soaked clothes and get into something dry. But I stopped in the middle of the backyard. I stared into the circle of yellow light from my flashlight, stared down at the strange footprints on the wet grass. Deep, rutted footprints heading into the Marling's backyard. I bent into the light to see them better. They were human footprints. They were too long and too wide and shaped differently from human feet or shoes. Animal footprints. Sorry, it said they weren't human footprints. I was like, why, 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 why did he say they were human footprints and describe something that was not human? But goddamn. Maybe I should quit this. Nah, you guys are bearing with me, right? I like that I debate whether or not I drank too much to be recording, then immediately start drinking again. Anyway, animal footprints. Keeping the beam of light in front of me, I trailed the footprints, following them over the grass, across the marling's weed-choked backyard. I stopped when I saw where the strange footprints led, right up to the marling's open Bedroom window. Chapter number 14, Franklin's on my lap. Say hi, Franklin. No, okay. When I came into the kitchen for breakfast the next morning, Aunt Marta was on the phone. She stood at the counter with her back to me, but she turned as I said, Good morning, to my uncle and flashed me. Yeah, no, an angry look. Yes, I understand, she said into the phone. Well, it won't happen again. I took my place at the table beside Uncle Colin. He sipped from a white coffee mug, his eyes on Aunt Marta. It won't happen again, my aunt repeated into the phone. She frowned. I'll make sure he stays away. No, 
He wasn't spying on you, Mr. Marling. Oh, Mr. Marling's like, yo, why's your nephew looking in our windows and shit? Why doesn't he just go next door and talk to people? God, you know, that's how people are in, in 2016. I was going to say, whatever this book was made, 1998, which was the tightest year because uh, Fulfill the Dream came out. But no, uh, I fucking don't know. I'm just going to finish this. Sorry. I apologize for just myself in general. So, that's who she was talking to. Uncle Colin shook his head unhappily. I warned you not to go near that place, Alex, he said. We don't need those people calling over here. Sorry, I murmured, but I wanted to tell them about last night, about everything that had happened to me, and everything I'd seen. But he raised a finger to his lips, motioning for me to be silent while my aunt was on the phone. No, my nephew wasn't taking pictures of your house, Mr. Marling, Aunt Marta continued. She rolled her eyes. I promise he won't bother you again. I'll talk to him right now. Dude, if you don't want me to rub on your ear, don't rub your ear against my hand, dog. This is terrible. Uh, I'll talk to him right now. Yes, okay, goodbye. She set down the receiver and turned to Uncle Colin with a sigh. Those people, she murmured. We have to be careful, Uncle Colin replied, narrowing his eyes at me. We don't want them to get worked up. But, but, I sputtered like every Goosebumps book. I saw things. They saw you, Alex. My aunt interrupted. They saw you prowling around their house late last night. They are very angry about it. She poured herself a mug of coffee and came over to the table. She sat down and swept a strand of gray hair off her forehead. What were you doing outside last night? My uncle asked. I'm really sorry, but I had no choice. I left my camera out in the woods. Right, Franklin? You're so handsome. You're such an old little dog. How old are you, Franklin? Like 11? You're gonna die soon, huh, Poppy? Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. You're gonna die soon. I love you. I explained. I had to run out and get it. I couldn't leave it out all night, especially with the rain. But you didn't have to go near the Marling's house, did you? Aunt Marta demanded. I, I heard animal howls from inside the house. I boarded out, and I saw strange footprints going up to the bedroom window at the side. Uncle Colin nodded calmly. He took a long sip of his, his coffee. The footprints were probably from their dogs, he said, glancing at Aunt Marta. Dogs? I cried. They both nodded. They have two huge German shepherds, my aunt explained, mean as they come. Franklin, you're not German, are you? You're just handsome. I love you, Franklin. It's been cold lately. Did you like that we, me, and me and Connie have been turning on the heater at night for you? Yeah? No? And as big as wolves, Uncle Colin added, shaking his head, he reached for a slice of toast and began to butter it. I sighed. I felt a little better. Two German shepherds. That explains the howls and the footprints in the wet grass. Are you ready for school? Aunt Marta asked. Hannah will be here any minute. I'm almost ready, I replied. I gulped down a glass of orange juice. When I was in the woods last night, 
I started. They both stared at me. I saw some animals that got ripped up. I mean, killed. Like, fucking killed to shit. Like, some sort of immigrants came in and then they destroyed women's bodies, but we can't report on it because of the liberal media. Am I right? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I'm right or not. Uncle Colin nodded. The woods are dangerous at night, he said softly. We really don't want you out there at night, Alex, Aunt Marta said softly. She pulled a piece of lint off the shoulder of my t-shirt. Then she tenderly brushed my hair back with her hand. Promise us you won't go again. Promise, I murmured, and promise that you'll stay away from the Marlings, my uncle added. Before I could reply, the doorbell rang. I assume the doorbell was Dixie, because they don't like city folk around there. Hannah came into the kitchen, weighted down under a bulging backpack. Ready? She asked in a new voice. I nodded and shoved my chair back from the table as Dune got a text. Yeah, I guess I'm ready, I told her. This is so weird. Going to someone else's school. You'll like my teacher, Mr. Sheen. Hannah replied, he loves cocaine. He has tiger blood, which pretty much just means you're HIV positive. He's very interesting and he's really nice. I grabbed my baku paku and my jacket. We said goodbye to my aunt and uncle and headed out the front door. I glanced at the Marling's house as we made our way to the street. The bedroom window at the side had been closed, I said. The house was dark as always. Did you find your camera? Sorry, she was all breathy, right? That was the voice. Did you find your camera? Hannah asked. I nodded. Yeah, but it wasn't easy. I told her about my scary adventures. She tisk-tisked. I warned you, Alex, she said. You wouldn't catch me in the woods after dark. A yellow school bus rumbled past. Some kids in the bus called out of the window to Hannah. She waved back at them. The morning sun still floated low in the sky. A silvery frost clung to the lawns. The air felt crisp and cold, like a Newport brand cigarette. Buy Newports, listeners. Actually, you probably shouldn't because they're expensive as fuck. They just put a new tax in California. That's like an extra 70% on uh, not only uh, like tobacco, but also, wait one second. Yeah, but also vape shit. So I had to buy a bunch of vape shit before the tax goes into effect. But essentially, it's going to be cheaper in California to smoke weed than it is to smoke tobacco, which is a bizarre thing. Anyway. The air felt crisp and cold. One more block to school, Hannah said. Are you nervous? I didn't answer. I was thinking about the Marlings. I told Hannah about the howls I'd heard inside their house. Uncle Collins says they have two German shepherds. Really big and really mean, I told her. No, they don't, Hannah replied sharply. I stopped walking. Excuse me? I cried. The Marlings don't have any dogs, she repeated. I've lived here as long as they have, and I've never seen them. Then why did my uncle tell me that? I demanded. 
So, you won't be scared, Hannah replied. I I don't understand. What is this, math? I don't get it. God damn it, I stammered. If the Marlings don't have dogs, what made those weird footprints out their window? You know, it's not like they're the uh, Golden State Killer, which Patton Oswalt's wife was looking into, and I didn't realize is the same guy that might also be the dude in Goleta, Goleta, the place near Santa Barbara, that was breaking into houses, then he went to Sacramento, and he was the East Area Rapist, and then... He uh, was the original Night Stalker when he went to Southern California in Orange County, and he might be one of the most prolific serial killers of all time, and he's definitely worth looking into. But the point is no one ever caught him, and he's the most fascinating killer of all time because he went into so many houses. One of the things he would do is he would take the people, put them at gunpoint, and then put dishes on the guy's back and say, hey... If I hear these dishes rumbling, I'm going to come in here and kill you. Very interesting. Point is, never caught, and Patton Oswalt's wife died before uh, she could uh, figure out who he was. He's still out there, or dead. Probably dead. Because why would he just stop doing that shit? Anyway, the other Night Stalker, which was the guy, Richard Ramirez, that that wore the ACDC hat, not interesting. Not, not, nothing to him. Anyway... Then why did my uncle tell me that? I demanded. So you wouldn't be scared, Hannah replied. I don't understand, I stammered. If the Marlings don't have dogs, what made those weird footprints outside their window? Oh, what brought this all up is that the the, the night soccer dude eventually had a dog that was missing a toe. So they could have hypothetically identified him, but they never did. Interesting dude. I had a shirt from Ed Gein from uh, one of those murder like museums museum of death or whatever and i threw it out recently because i was like i am 30 and i cannot wear t-shirts of serial killers that being said there's just a couple more sentences so i should just finish this half hannah shook her head her olive green eyes locked onto mine alex don't you get it she cried haven't you figured it out yet figured what out i asked the marlings are werewolves Hannah declared, and so ended part one of, what is this called, Werewolf Skin? Werewolf Skin by R.L. Stein on Dune Reads Goosebumps. I am Dune, um, I don't know. I feel like I didn't get into my personal life a lot, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, I'm stressed the fuck out. I don't know where I'm going to get money. Someone should pay me to read their uh, audiobooks. Anyone writing a book out there? No? I don't know. Anyway, I'm Dune. This is Dune Reads Goosebumps. And uh, I'll try to finish this in the next couple days. Stay spooky, bitches. Bitches.